Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're We're going going there. there. Going the girlies, we're back. (laughs) Lots of energy coming at you today. I wasn't expecting that intro, but I love it. Hello. Here we are. Yeah. Amidst summer for us, it's Mm -hmm. hot. It's freaking hot. 100 degrees. It's hot. It's hot and humid. Like, actually, my, I kind of, if I look distracted for a second, my babysitter just texted me because they're at the pool and it's my daughter's swim team, which is only 30 minutes. But like, she has my son who's a baby there. And I just like, I'm like, don't let him get overheated. Like, I don't usually worry about things like that. But we were at the pool the other day in the shade the entire time. And we got home and he was like, I mean, my children are African-American. And like, I could see his cheeks very flush and just like, oh, my gosh, like, here's some water. Yeah. And a baby can't tell you that they're overheated. You know, we love outside. And literally last night we were like, we can't go outside. We've got to play inside. We brought our kids bikes inside. Sometimes it's just not worth feeling like that. I didn't tell you this, but we moved Graham to a big boy bike. So did Emerson. He like left his balance bike and he's now on his little Yay. Like actual pedals. He was like, So what do you call this? Without tread, he got it that quick. That's awesome. Without training wheels. Because I feel like the balance bike really like kind of trains you for that. And so he was like, Mom, this is the most awesome bike of all time. We literally had one in the attic from literally. We have to go buy one. Like Andrews gave it to us a long time ago. And I was like, I don't think I think it's gonna be too still, too big. It's blue and orange. She goes, It's blue and orange, just like Blippy. Those are blip. I was like, Oh my gosh, we can't get away from freaking Blippy. We're not Blippy people because I think it's more like little boys love him. I hope James. Yeah, I hope James gets you guys into Blippy. We've we've gone through our fair share of like obsessions in our house, like Frozen and all the other things. But that's so funny. Emerson had a bike that fit her last Christmas. I guess this makes sense. They grow like weeds at this stage, but Uh we had training wheels. like a 50 year old. They grow like weeds. Sorry. (laughs) But I wouldn't even mean 50. That's not old. I meant like 75. I was going to say, you probably have a. I just offended some people. I'm so sorry. So we had this bike for her that fit her and it's one of those classic, it's like a Minnie Mouse bike. It has the training wheels on it and then you can take the training wheels off. So like when she learned how to ride a bike recently, she literally learned in an afternoon. Like I was shocked too. I think sometimes with kids, we don't give them enough like credit for that, you know, like, oh, they can pick things up so quickly. But now that she can ride it without training wheels, she's so big for it. It looks like a clown bike on her. So we keep saying we need to go buy another bike, but that's just one of those things that I'm like, we, when am I going to go to Target to like go buy a bike, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyways, so that's so fun. Yeah. He has not totally gotten down. Like you have to go fast enough for the balance to get on so that he was having a hard time there. And just like the oomph you have to put behind a pedal because he's been on the balance bike. So he's never gotten where you kind of have to like get behind the pedal and like push forward, you know? That's like a little confusing. So he for sure like just kept falling over at first and we we're like, it's okay. And it was like inside our house, which is like really hard. That's not the best. Oh, so place. you guys haven't gone out on the sidewalk yet? No. So we we're out on our driveway, yeah. and but our driveway is like slanted. Yeah. And so Doesn't we work told him well. tonight we would like go out on the sidewalk. Actually, we're still on that in between too, where I don't trust her enough. Like when we go on my daily walk with like James, the dog, and Emerson, I don't trust her enough yet to ride her bike on that. She still ha- like rides her scooter yep. or walks, but. Yeah, scooter, scooter, scooter life. life. Are your kids into scooters? 
No, I mean, they like the scooter, but it's kind of like the thing that's ditched every walk. So we honestly say no to it. We're like, no, you don't get to take that on the walk. You know, like as parents, you're like, this is what we are able to take on a walk. These are the things you cannot because, you know, like you won't be able to last the whole time on this thing. And so the scooter is one of those that we're like, we end up just carrying it all the time. So Emerson rides her scooter up. We live really close to the pool where she does her little swim team. I mean, it's probably a three minute walk. It's really not far at all. And she rides her scooter up there. So chipper every day in her bathing suit, like suit sprinting and then never fails after swim team. It's like, I don't want to ride my scooter back. I'm like, well, you should have thought about that when we left. And like, I'm pushing the stroller. You're going to have to ride it. So it takes us like three times as long because she'll just stop and kind of whine. I'm like, get back on. Come on. Like sometimes I'll pull it, but I'm like, come on. Okay. Speaking of buying a bike though, are you going to make that a thing? Because I'm like having really like vivid flashbacks of like I remember my parents taking me to Walmart and I get to look at the huge rack of bikes and I'm just like which one am I gonna pick out like that was a huge deal I also remember the same thing with rollerblades my dad took all of us kids one time to Walmart I can't remember what we had to learn how to do it was like something with swimming I think it was like if you accomplish swimming from like here to here underwater you could buy rollerblades or something. And so it was like a goal and like all of us kids accomplished it at one time. So I remember like my dad and us five children going to Walmart and picking out rollerblades. That's so funny. She did do that with her Minnie Mouse bike. Like she had seen it at Target. And so she got that for Christmas because like she had picked it out. So I think, yeah, when we take her to Target, she'll get to like go pick it up. That's what Graham's reaction to the bike was like so amazing the other day. I was like, we should have saved this for his birthday. His birthday's in like a month and a half. Like, why don't we do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like not had to buy a big present. Yeah. But now, whatever. Anyways. All the funny childhood memories you have of like that probably was such a fun day when you went and got rollerblades. Well, and how vivid memories can be in bringing back like actual like emotions Mm -hmm. and smells. Like I literally remember what my dad and like brother were wearing that day because I remember like walking up and being like, these are the rollerblades I'm going to pick. We're in the stage of you just have a lot of that same nostalgia because before five, you really, I mean, science shows you don't remember much. You have like a few random memories. But you remember a lot from like five on. And so like she jumped off the diving board for the first time. And I don't know. I know at your pool, it's different or they don't have a diving board, right? Do they? Yeah, they do. Okay. But you can have some catch, right? Yeah. So I think our pool, so. it's like this really know. strict thing. You can't be wearing any kind of flotation advice. So like no puddle jumper, no anything. So she's never been able to do it before. And you can't have someone in the pool to no, catch you. you. Be able to swim to the and side. it's like very deep and it's very out in the open so like you have to make it a far way so she's been doing swim team she got her confidence up in the first one because it was during swim team the instructor could be in the pool and so she got it and like you would have thought she just told me she like got an olympic medal like she was so proud of herself and i just remember i'm like honestly it's kind of high i'm like i remember being on top of the diving board and being like kind of petrified to jump in and then i'm like when's the last time i've jumped off of a diving board. Next time we're at the pool together, I I'm going to make you. I want to do it. Like you just like move out of the way, kids. Like Literally, I'm coming we, to jump. So we went to a pool that was attached to a college growing up. And so they had like a actual oh, a high like high dive. dive. <gasps> and so you could go off My both. My worst nightmare. So you could go off both. And I remember like they had a strict rule. Once you go up, you can't come down. My camp had that. And, so and I, I was remember, like, uh-uh, I'm not well, going so up. I remember going up like finally, you know, like after however many days I'm like, you I'm going to do it. I went up. Bravery up. I remember standing there for the longest time. Literally why I went off is I closed my eyes and I'm not joking. I think I like had an out of body like experience of a dream that I went off and I literally woke up in midair and I had like actually jumped off in my dream. And that's how I went down for the first time. I remember being like, 
I didn't actually mean to jump though. Like that was kind of a you dream. You just were trying to like picture yeah, it. I was like trying to like get to the moment though. Cause like the lifeguard was like, you have to come down. And finally the lifeguard's like, Hey, you have to come down. And my mom's like, Christian, remember you can't go back down. So like everyone was trying to coach me and like be really peppy. Oh, it's so awkward but I was, when like, everyone's like yelling at yeah. the kid up there. Like, come on, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. But like we were talking about that Emerson going off the diving board. I'm like, that's a different experience. Cause it's not like you're just jumping in the pool. There's like is velocity I, mean, yeah. I don't know you have like velocity behind you that's like pushing you in the water and you actually have to like come use up. momentum to get back up that's a big deal that's yeah. a lot of like strength last story i'll tell them when we jump into the episode i had the same like i don't like heights at all i think you know this about me but oh, like I, can you go off the diving board oh i would do a normal diving board but i've also been to pools or like my camp had one of those really high diving yeah. boards and i think i've done it a couple times but my camp also had a blob and it's so funny with height stuff because like when you're looking at it, so you would have to climb up on the, this platform and jump down. And there was a very specific way you had to like jump and land on your bottom because like, it, which like that's kind of hard to like put all of those pieces together. Yeah. And you're like, like, I'm going to jump off this blob and land kids, right here. And then you have to crawl to the end and yeah. you sit there and then the next person jumps on and blobs you off. So like, there's Talk a lot about injuries. Yeah, really. And there's like a blobs. lot going on. Like you have to think about like, okay, and now I have to be nervous because I'm going to climb out here and I know someone's going to fling me into the air. And I'm in a swimsuit. Like it's just And I'm at church camp, whatever. Yeah. And so like, also I was so tiny growing up. Like I was like skin and bone. So oh, I remember I was not. they kind of would pair up. Like sometimes someone in line behind you would be this like giant old kid and they'd be like, man, like, sir, you cannot bounce You're her. You're going to send her flying. Yeah, no, because like that happened to a girl, which I'll never forget. She like went flying. Anyways, so I got up there thinking like no big deal like I'm gonna go on the blob and when you got up to the platform like it's so much higher when you're up there oh yeah and it's one of those pivotal moments in my life like I think my camp crush was we were all like these guys and girls were all swimming together I'm like I cannot be the like eighth grader right now it's too scared is that where all of the peer pressure problems come from like those moments because you're just like you have so much pressure behind you you're like I can't be the wuss who like walks down right Although now. Although sometimes, and maybe this is like controversial, but I think a lot of peer pressure can be good. Like, oh, yeah. I'm glad that it. I was pressured to be like, no, just do it. Because guess what? I did it and it was fun and I kept doing it. Like once I got the fear. But obviously there's certain peer pressures that's like, yeah, maybe not a good choice. Anyways. Blobs. I wonder if anyone listening right now is like, I have no clue what a blob is. Oh, I think everyone knows what a blob is. Do they is. still have them? Yeah, camps and stuff. I think so. They like took mine away from our camp a few years after because like I think someone like majorly got injured on it. Yeah. Everyone reach out in comments if you're someone that currently attends a camp. Let us know. Are there still blobs? And like, yeah, they're just like, it's hilarious. Yeah. That's yeah. a funny memory. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, though, guys, we will get to actually the reason for us talking today, but the meat know. of the episode. Yes. But today we are talking about wisdom and tact. This is actually kind of a conversation that we have been sitting on for a while. I think like a lot of our topics that we cover here, Samantha and I are personally convicted and really challenged and thinking through these things. We're in conversations with people about them. We maybe hear a really impactful sermon about something. And we want to bring it to you all because we're all about having conversations of the tension and kind of gray of life here. And I felt like it was just culturally relevant to also have this conversation. And so I think we can all agree that we live in a culture right now that feels very like sided. You are going to choose your side. You're going to fight for that side. You can't agree without other people do things or say things that are different than you. It's very argumentative. So you have to like argue about your point or 
totally like not be associated with each other. And I think it's interesting because in the Bible, you see a lot of different people having conversations about really hard, weighty things. And in the Bible, you also see the number of times that we're called to have these conversations with wisdom intact. Some of you may be saying like, what the heck does that even mean? And so we'll kind of break that down. But we wanted to talk about that today. How do we have wisdom? How do we have skill in having hard conversations, maybe disagreeing or coming to an agreement, but it doesn't even necessarily have to end there. But how do we have conversations with skill that still share the love and the care and compassion that Christ would have for these people, but also be wise in what we're saying and say wise things? Yeah, I was thinking as you were saying this, I promise I'm not thinking of anyone specifically, but I know over the last few years, we get DMs sometimes of people being like, well, how should I have this conversation with this person? Or I really am just like thinking about random conversations I've had. And sometimes I'm like, wait, you shouldn't. Like, that's not your place to say. And like, our point is, I know it can be difficult because sometimes we're like, press in, have those hard conversations, like really be that person to challenge your other believing friends. But then there's sometimes I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I think we've lost a lot of the art of just what I would call reading the room. So when we talk about wisdom intact, another way we'll give more specific definitions of those. But I like to think of it as, are you able to have this social awareness of reading the room and saying, like, when is it appropriate for me to speak up? When is it appropriate for me to be quiet? When is it helpful to do either or like there are times where it's like, it is more helpful for me to not speak up in this moment and to just like let the emotions die down or to circle back to that conversation in a different place. Like, and this takes a lot of skill because you have to be able to know the person who you're talking to. You have to know like where they're at, maybe even circumstantial, like what that day is like, what that season they're walking through. You know, I'm just coming up with this example off the top of my head. We were just talking about a closer friend of yours, but mutual friend of mine that they're going through something hard in their family. And like, okay, if you went up there to say hi and ended up like maybe this friend had like hurt you or something a few weeks ago, this if you're listening to this as this friend, this is not, I'm making this up. That would be so weird for you to walk into the hospital room and like want to have a conversation about something else when they're walking through a different situation. Like sometimes things just have to go out the window. Like I know that's an extreme example because most of us would say, well, yeah, that would be crazy. You wouldn't do that. But I think some of us accidentally do that or maybe just aren't aware enough to think through like, how am I not being thoughtful? One more thing I'll say as we before we get into this, sometimes I think in our culture now, we do this thing where we're so zoned in to our own minds and what's going on in our heads or what we're processing through. AKA we're selfish. We're selfish <laughs> and we're self-centered. And so we go out to meet a friend and we're almost like not even considering anything else going on in the world. And we just like decide to bring something up that's like honestly totally like whiplashy to the other person or like we're just not thinking through a lot of other people and their circumstances. And so we end up, I think, kind of making us ourselves like really socially awkward when we just like fumble up some things that are just like wrong place, wrong time, wrong situation. And ultimately hurting a relationship and also hurting maybe the idea that someone could get of as we are representatives of Christ here on earth. If we're not good representatives, well, those people are going to have bad ideas of Christ and his character. We're supposed to represent that. We're supposed to be like him. And so in those ways, if we're not doing this well, that's why we should all care about this. How do I have these conversations with 
wisdom and skill, but also with grace and love and have an ear towards the situation or the time that's occurring. How do I do that, but also still bring up something that's hard? And I think sometimes we just want to get the last word because we are self-centered or we just want to bring up our own thing because we're it like, feels who good really to get cares? it off our chest. Yeah, who yeah. really cares about what other people are going through? And we are called to have wisdom and skill in these areas. And so that's kind of what we wanted to dissect today. I also want to say this. I am like, person number one of someone that can put my foot in my mouth or have been in awkward situations where Never, I'm like, Samantha. why did I say that? And so if you're hearing us say this and think that we're just some like social gurus, like everyone fumbles through conversations and has awkward moments of like, everyone knows that moment of like, and sometimes I'll just say it out loud. Why did I just say that? Like you what? literally just said that yeah, 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I'm like, why did I just say that? I mean, it was to you about something else I said to someone, but like, yeah, sometimes owning it of like, hey, why the heck did I just say that? That was weird. I'm sorry. Like, but I think it's a laughable like human experience we can all have of like we have weird thoughts in our head sometimes that we just like say and it's okay yeah and so how do we do this well so really backing up want to like start from the very beginning of again this conversation was spurred on by some thoughts and things that you and I were currently studying and I think it's really easy right now in our culture to look around us and feel like everyone's against each other that I'm the only Christian in this space or I'm the only Christian friend that this person has. And right there, we kind of put up our defenses of like, everyone's against us. We have to argue our case. We have to get it right. And I think it's a good reminder that most of the Bible was written by and for people who lived as a minority in their community. When you first hear about this wisdom intact example, it comes straight from Daniel 2.14. And it talks about that he talks to this commander in chief with wisdom and tact. And so again, we're going to break down what that actually means. But we see so many examples in the Bible of people who were minorities in their community making impacts for the good and for the glory of Christ. And so us feeling like the culture doesn't understand me, the culture doesn't respect me, I can't relate to anything that's happening is like a very true thing. And we should find a lot of comfort when we read the Bible to say, oh, wow, like Daniel and Esther were the first people who came to my mind of like, they would all say, yes, we felt that. That was our life. And this is how we then moved forward to navigate these things well. Yeah. And okay, just kind of get into the definition, because I think when sometimes we say these phrases a lot in life, I'm like, what does that actually mean? So like the definition of tact, we all kind of know what wisdom is in a sense, and Christian can read a definition. But tact is just this idea of like having grace with dealing with others. Or there was a famous quote that said tact is the art of making a point without making an enemy. Like, Mm, oh, that's a really good good. way. Because we all know those people that are so skilled and have a lot of tact that you're like, you totally just won me over, but you were like smiling and making me feel comfortable and my opinion heard. And you like leave the conversation. You're like, oh my gosh, I totally have flipped my stance on that because they were so gentle in their approach. Yes. Yeah. We got a couple of definitions. And the one I loved was tact is the ability to deliver a message in a way that considers other people's feelings and preserves relationships. It encompasses many things such as emotional intelligence, discretion, compassion, honesty, and courtesy, which again, all of those things, I think if we were to say what type of person we should be or who do we want to be, we would say all of those qualities. I want to be a compassionate, honest, courteous person to other people. And I think it's interesting too, when you think about, okay, tact is separate, but the word tactile, it's kind of like this idea of being able to maneuver in different situations. That makes me think of like 
people talk about like someone being a social chameleon. I think that's really helpful because maybe there, I think there's obviously a difference between someone that's like two-faced or someone that just acts really different around different people for maybe selfish reasons or like manipulative reasons. But I think there is a social skill to being able to be a chameleon. So like reading the room and knowing the people you're around. So like maybe I don't bring up certain things around people that I could offend or maybe just would push me away from them. But maybe that same conversation with a different room would be totally appropriate. So it's like you really do have to be mindful. And some of that's just like our natural social skills. But I think that we've just all gotten really bad at social skills in the last yeah. few years. I mean, this is one of those conversations I'm so passionate about because now as being a parent who is in charge of raising and equipping these people who I hope love Jesus and want to share him with other people, I am super passionate that I want to raise them to be socially aware, to love and care for other people well, even people that they may disagree with. And so then some of the definitions, one of the definitions I loved of the word wisdom, this is obviously a more like biblically like focused definition, but I thought this was really cool. And I wanted to use it as a part of the conversation that wisdom is the skill in the art of God living. So living in the art of just like living out how God would live that I love to point out that in that definition, they use the word art. We all know art is not a formula or a rigid structure, that it ebbs and flows. There's different interpretations of how that should be done or what that could look like, different methods. And so, but we all know artists do have skill. Like they're not just artists with like no ability. So we know that in that, in wisdom, it's not something that we just can like muster up, we're going to have to take time. A skill is something that you practice and you try different methods and you learn different things, but it's not an exact like formula or there's not like an ABCD that we can follow. And I think that makes these conversations sometimes for people really hard and uncomfortable because we like a seven steps to having a hard conversation or we like a follow these three things and you'll be able to win someone over. And it's just not that simple. And we are put in communities with different people, different personalities, and we're called to then use wisdom and tact to persuade them to Christ. Well, and that's where to me, you say wisdom and tact, but when I'm trying to think through how this plays out in real life, I think the wisdom informs the tact. So you have to be wise enough to understand how to use tact in certain conversations. So they almost work like hand in hand, one informs the other. And I think it's interesting because we can always say, well, you know, we don't want this to be an excuse for you not to be bold or to speak truth. But I think we all can recognize the difference between the way that someone approaches like a hard conversation or a hard topic or even push back at you. I mean, it's not about what you're saying, but how you say it. And I, oh gosh, that's just a lesson I'm constantly have to learn in my marriage and friendships, whatever. It's like, okay, when I take back the words or when sometimes people say things, and I, I think I'm noticing this a lot in our culture and tell me if you agree, like certain people will say things like, oh, well, that was harsh or whatever. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, but you're so blind to how you're speaking too. It's like, you're very quick to call out. That sounded weird to you. But I think again, you're so in your head, about being offended, you don't even realize like you're speaking harshly as well or like you come off really 
like abrasive to people and it just shows so this state of like we are so in our heads which makes sense like we all went through a long time of like living on our own and not really having to engage in social encounters like this so it makes sense well yeah and i think you're bringing up the exact point of like so if you have had experiences like that i think as christians especially we can kind of like go to two extremes and again if you've been here long at all you know that here we love to talk about the tension in between and so that's exactly what we're talking about today that you know one of the extreme tendencies could be that we just want to run we want to totally separate we want to just like leave and just not be friends or have conversations with people who may think differently or live differently than us that we just want to like totally separate and then the other like option extreme option could be is like well we'll just totally accommodate we'll do exactly what they do we'll live exactly how they live we'll think how they think and in the bible it's very clear that we are supposed to be in the world but not of it and so that actually doesn't really give us an option of either extreme we can't totally separate from people who maybe live differently than us but we also can't totally accommodate and so what does it look like to live in between we're called to navigate and in the bible again We are given example after example of how to do this with wisdom and tact. And I think we forget that a lot of times. We want to go to one of these extremes because it feels more comfortable. And I loved, Samantha, the earlier part of the conversation you mentioned, like, sometimes the wisest thing is just to not say anything at all. And I know that happens actually quite a bit with you and I, and I've had several other friends who do that, that something will be said, maybe it's days, maybe a week later, but something else comes up again and says, hey, like, And one of us will say like, hey, I didn't want to bring this up, but I have been thinking about what you said in this moment. And I want to bring that up to you to challenge you or what do you mean by that? Or it made me concerned that have you thought through it this way? And to be honest, like your relationship or other relationships that I've done that with me are some of the richest ones I have because I know that you're a good listener of me. I know that you actually listen to the words that are like coming out of my mouth that you don't just like hear them, but you're listening. You're then like dissecting that. And then you're willing to bring back up a hard thing that ultimately makes me feel way more cared for, way more loved. And again, I can say like those relationships are the richest ones in my life because I know that those people actually care for me if they agree or disagree with like what I'm saying. Oh my gosh, it's so weird you brought that up because I had this verse and I didn't know how we were going to weave this part in the conversation. But I think this is a good time to share too Okay, and this is where the tact comes in. Like, we all have had relationships where people, you use the word dissect and like pick apart every single thing you say and are just very easily offended and triggered triggered by everything. And I think that's part of it too. Of if a friend says something harshly to me, I really fight to just let that go in the moment. Now, if I saw a pattern of the way that they're speaking or something so specifically that was out of line, I might address it. But I feel like life is just too short to sit and bring up and like think through every little thing that said because, and this verse speaks to it, I'll read it in a second. But like, I know that I often am saying things without meaning them and that's obviously sinful. Like we should be really thoughtful about our words and we should be fighting to like anything that we say be glorifying to God. And the reality is it's not always like that. And so I'm actually working at this phase in my life to say like, that person totally did not mean that the way that they said. And I'm not going to like write that down to like bring up at our next coffee because it's just not worth it. Like that's not how I know our friendship operates. And sometimes we just have to be people to let things go. We are so into holding everyone accountable right now. And again, you guys, I don't want you to hear me say that that's not important, but like everyone needs to kind of like justify what they mean by everything that they say. This is outside of the Christian sphere too, especially. It's like, well, you need to have like 
10 facts to back up anything you're going to share publicly. And it's like, sometimes we just have to be okay that like we're humans with brains that are sometimes like tired and sometimes cranky and sometimes hungry and like human, human, like let people be human. We don't have to expect that everyone's a robot that's filtered through every word they say through like a million different, like, is this okay if I speak this now? And there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that I've literally like never paid attention to. I'm sure I'm obviously read it from reading the Bible through. But it's in Ecclesiastes 7. It starts in verse 19 and it says, Wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than 10 rulers who are in a city. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. All this I have tested by wisdom. I said I will be wise, but it was far from me. That is which has been far off and deep, very deep. Who can find it out? So I think that's what it's saying in that verse is that there's actually wisdom in realizing that not everything someone says to you is meant to be offensive. And sometimes I'm like, even if they did mean that to kind of hurt or sting, like sometimes it's like that's on them. And I don't need to be so offended every time because this came from me also wanting to read, and if you have comments, and I can pull this first up, but just how we need to be living in a way that we are avoiding offending people, if at all possible, but we are also avoiding constantly feeling offended. And that's super biblical. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that is, yes, super biblical. I actually think that points to exactly what we were talking about, though. We live in a world where we are obsessed with ourselves, that the reason we're getting so offended all the time is because we are obsessed with ourselves and we don't want people to hurt or our precious disagree little feelings. With us. I think it's so interesting you brought up that Ecclesiastes 7 verse. You and I are reading through the Bible in a year. So we're on like similar paths. So I don't know if you that would like recently came to your mind because I actually I kind of keep like a journal of like some of just like my favorite verses or things that I'm like, I want to come back to that. I want to have that at the top of my mind. And it was Ecclesiastes five through seven. And so if you get the chance to read those chapters, I highly encourage you because to be honest, it talks through so many wise ways to live life and how we're called to as Christians to live in a world that is hard, that is apart from God, that is not the way it should be. And it was just like recently, it's just kind of like come alive for me. I've read it multiple times in the last couple of weeks now. So that's Ecclesiastes 5 through 7, if you're Actually, like interested. Actually, the whole book of Ecclesiastes yeah, the whole is book, pretty short. Like, so Yes, read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, read the whole Bible, yeah. but you know, just yeah. our thing. No, that's so good. Okay. And so this speaks to the other side where we should really work to not offend everyone we walk around and see. And so this is right after the disciples, if you know the story of when they were arguing with Jesus about like, tell us who's the greatest, who's the greatest. And then he kind of goes into this other thing Jesus is speaking. And it's in Matthew 18. It starts in verse seven. It says, woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come. So he's saying like, we're going to be tempted. It's necessary. But woe to the one who by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet if to be thrown into internal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. So that's saying like, no, we actually need to work on it. Like if you are someone that's like, oh my gosh, I probably say some offensive things, but like people should have grace for me. I don't really mean it. It's like, no, there's both and in that. Like you need to fight against that. That is sin. And you also need to, yeah, just like maybe some of you need to not be so offended both ways. Uh, Yeah. As we were kind of like getting ready for this episode, one of the things I was just thinking through, like, what are some red flags in this area of 
how you can take recon of your own life. Like, do I do this well? And I thought of a couple things, but just first off is like, can people come to you and are you easily not offended? Can people come to you, disagree with you and you, that doesn't bother you. You're like, great, disagreement is fine. We can get through this. I think a second red flag is, do you have anyone in your life who is bringing anything hard to you? Like anything that they think, hey, I think you need to work on this. If no one's doing that, I think that could be a red flag to you to say, oh, shoot, like, do I not give off just a, I don't know, persona or a reality that people like I am open to feedback. And so I think you need to make sure you have someone in your life who can give you feedback. And do you have that? Well, what I will say, too, with that, be careful, because I don't want someone to be like, oh, my gosh, no one ever comes in, like tells me I'm doing anything wrong. Am I like unhealthy? Maybe it's too that you just don't have close relationships right now where someone feels comfortable to because that could also be you giving someone permission in your life to say like, hey, I just want to let you know there's freedom. If you ever see anything in my life or like ways that I'm speaking or you know that you you can come to me and like I will be open to that because I do think we don't want to be okay with like every Joe Schmo sitting you down and being like hey you've been doing this and this and this wrong like maybe it's a spouse or maybe it's a family member but for sure like I'm just thinking of the girl who might be sitting there like no I don't have that but that's also sometimes like really deep friendships that allow that as well yeah and then the last thing I was thinking through of just like even are we people are we Christians specifically who are putting ourselves in situations where people think differently than we do I think it's a really easy and common just occurrence where we all kind of do life the same. And I that gets comfortable, that gets easy. And we are called, you know, discipleship and gaining others to know Christ is a part of the Christian walk and a huge part of it. We should be excited to share the gospel with others. And so are we in situations and places and surrounded by people who we have the opportunity to do that with? And I think that's another kind of just red flag or just ways to think about, am I using my God-given abilities to use wisdom and tact to win people to Christ? And so those are kind of things that just came off the top of my head. I love having conversations again here that we don't we don't have an exact answer. Samantha and I, like we said, we're figuring it out too. We don't have this down, but it has come up time and time again of how are we doing this well? How are we sharing things with skill and wisdom, but also sharing those with love and care and compassion and understanding just as Christ would. And so I hope it's convicting and thought provoking mm-hmm. for you too. Sometimes we don't leave with a practical, but one thing I've just been really working on this summer is just how powerful my little like Thursday morning Bible studies starting this new study we're doing that's like on prayer. It's like Beth Moore's new study, like really just making you go back to the root of why do we pray and practically praying more each day. And something that I think is very clear in the Bible, God talks about a lot of things that we can pray for and he will give us. But one of the most common things that he talks about is pray for wisdom and like he wants to grow us in our wisdom. And so I have been personally praying for help with self-control and self-restraint in certain things and that I could have more wisdom in when to speak up and when to be quiet. And I think that it's humbled me a lot because honestly, like then when I go to say something, I'm like, oh no, like It's just bringing that more to my thought life, too, of I want to be someone that's wise in the words that I say. We all know people, too, that I'm like, they could never say an offensive word. Like, I'm sure they could. But I think about their life and I'm like, I'm sure they weren't always like that. I'm sure that's something they've had to grow in of like, okay, that's inappropriate to say that joke around this crowd or that's inappropriate to like call that out right now. But maybe that's something that they have tried to work on growing in. So sometimes we leave these conversations and it's like, yeah, it's going to be tricky. Let's keep talking about it, navigating it. This is something that I'm like, no, it's practical. Like, let's pray for more wisdom, pray for more self-restraint in our words and actions and just to be able to navigate these conversations better. 
Well, and I think it's just so interesting because again, this conversation all surrounded what you and I are currently and like a few months ago is just really heavy on our hearts. And I think a lot of times we get a ton of DMs from you all too, asking about like, how do we gain discernment? We talk a lot about discernment. How do we make wise decisions? And you will hear Samantha and I, I hope forever and every day of our the rest of our lives say like, you have to be in the word and you have to be reading God's word to gain wisdom. And we are called to that wisdom with tact and skill. And so again, we hope that this was encouraging for you. We hope that this spurs you on in thinking through like, do I do this in a healthy way? Do I have the skill or what do I need to grow in? And we could all be purposefully and intentionally be praying for those things, for the Holy Spirit to equip us to do those things well. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Oh,